Good evening. Tonight's lesson, uh, we're going to be learning uh, from Philip. Um, this again uh, comes from uh, a study that uh, the, the teens, the teen class went through um, about where we were learning about uh, apostles, and uh, we, we studied from a book called Twelve Ordinary Men. And in this, uh, this book, um, it actually kind of seems like just yesterday that I, I taught the teen class on the apostles, but when I was looking back through my notes, I realized it was over five years ago that uh, we had done this as uh, the specific lesson on Philip came in early 2012, and I was like, wow, uh, it's been, uh, time uh, truly flies. Um, but, but the book that we taught uh, from, um, or that, that guided me in, in teaching that class was called Twelve Ordinary Men. And again, we're going to look at one of these ordinary men that uh, uh, Jesus had chosen uh, to be um, one of the apostles and, and uh, see what we can learn um, and glean from, from him. The book uh, titles uh, Philip the Bean Counter. Um, so uh, it, it has a tendency that Philip is, is a man by the numbers. He likes to tally things up follow the rules, and, and so on. I think some of us could pr probably fall into that same category. So um, uh, without further ado, let's uh, look into Philip. Um, so Philip was one of the apostles that actually didn't always make the spotlight. And you kind of see this as when you look back through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, you only find his name listed in the list of the 12 apostles and, and, and nowhere else. Um, his name in these lists always appears um, fifth in every list. And, and some scholars believe that the apostles were kind of grouped into s smaller subgroups um, where the first four in every list are the same four, the second four in every list are the same four, and the third uh, four are the same four. And sometimes they flip back and forth of kind of Who's, who's in that order? So Peter, Andrew, James, and John are uh, the first four that you might expect, kind of Christ's innermost circle. Then you see Philip being number five in every list, Nathaniel, uh, Thomas, and Matthew. And then the last uh, grouping is James, Simon, Judas, and Judas. Um, and uh, this Philip, uh, the apostle, is not to be confused uh, with uh, Philip the deacon, uh, is part of that group of seven that we read about in Acts. That's a, that's a different Philip. Um, so uh, in the book of John, we learn more about Philip, but still not uh, quite that much. He still only makes three appearances outside uh, the story of his calling. But let's go ahead and begin there, the story of his calling. So if you'd open your Bibles to John chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 43. John 1 and 43. And it reads, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. So here we uh, start to see a look into to Philip. He, uh, like Peter and Andrew, were fr from the town of Bethsaida. He was probably also a fisherman. He might have even known uh, these other individuals um, from that town. It's an interesting choice uh, for Jesus. Um, because instead of going and finding kind of the best of the best, the cream of the crop, um, from a, a human perspective, he looks and his first kind of 
grouping of apostles that you see called are all uh, really fishermen, average fishermen, average men um, that he's looking to do extraordinary things through. And they're all from, uh, at least the first three are all from Bethsaida. After um, John writes about the calling of Andrew and Peter, um, while listening uh, to John the Baptist, we see Jesus leaving Galilee, and he goes, he goes forth and finds Philip and says, follow me. What an amazing beginning to Philip's time as an apostle, to be specifically sought out by Jesus. He was the first that uh, we see that Jesus specifically sought out, um, and the first that was not pointed to him uh, directly, as both uh, Andrew and Peter were. Because uh, Andrew was there with John the Baptist, and he was pointed to Christ, and then uh, Peter um, found Christ with Andrew. Um, it's the first recorded instance of Jesus saying, follow me. So let's uh, continue um, down in 45. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, uh, said Philip. Uh, so we see in John uh, 145 that he immediately goes and finds Nathanael. And he says, We have found him. Um, and that really kind of reminded me how upon uh, Andrew finding Christ, he immediately turns around and goes and finds his brother, uh, Peter, um, to let him know that they had also found the Messiah. Uh, but the other interesting thing here is that Philip goes through and says, we found Jesus. But it, if you went back and, and, and read it, it said, in, in uh, 43, it says, finding Philip. Uh, so it, it seems like they were both uh, seeking each other, seeking each other out. Um, so, uh, so both are clearly true. Uh, he clearly uh, was sought by Jesus, but he was also searching for his Messiah. And he had an open heart to hear and accept his invitation. Nathaniel was slightly less convinced initially um, because he happened to come from, uh, I believe it was Cana, which is kind of Nazareth's rival town, per se. So you can think about someone, the Messiah coming from your rival high school, and you're like, wait, can anything good come from over there? Um, but uh, we, we see later on that uh, uh, Nathaniel um, also came to Christ. But what an amazing calling. We see that Jesus was seeking him. We also see Philip also seeking God in Christ, being pulled towards Christ. Um, I think it's also worth noting here that when finding his friend Nathaniel, he did not stop and give up at Nathaniel's first critique. He continued on. Sometimes I think we often uh, give up too quickly um, when others don't accept our, our first invitation. We think to ourselves, well, I tried. Um, I did my part. I gave it a shot. Uh, maybe it just wasn't meant to be, and we move on. Sometimes we need to press the issue uh, second or third or, or more times. Invite friends to, to come again. Um, invite others to, to see Christ again. Invite them to see for themselves um, the power and the love of God. Philip said, come and see. He didn't just say, like, come and hear. He said, come and see um, uh, the, the power and the love of our God. And his second attempt clearly paid off. What a great um, introduction we have to Philip. But unfortunately... 
the remaining examples we see of Philip in the Gospels don't show such strong of a faith. So there's three takeaways that I want to look at tonight in the examples here before us. Be careful counting beans, number one. Be careful counting beans. Number two, sometimes you have to go Greek. Sometimes you have to go Greek. And number three, remember to listen to the call. So number one, uh, be careful counting beans. For this uh, takeaway, turn over to John chapter 6 um, to see Philip's part in feeding the 5,000. John chapter 6, starting in verse 1. And it reads, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw sign, the signs uh, he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Some scholars believe uh, that Philip might have been the one in charge of organizing meals. kind of makes sense because uh, we see each of them kind of had a, a responsibility. We see Judas uh, uh, kind of was in charge of uh, some of the money and the monetary things. So it makes sense that uh, there might be a bean counter uh, for meals. Um, but we see that uh, Christ already knew what was going to happen. We see um, that he, he knew what he was going to do even, no matter how Philip responds. And we see Philip had an answer for him. And you can kind of imagine uh, if, if there were to be a movie or a documentary made of this, you could see Philip thinking really hard, off to the side, crunching numbers, doing some t tallying up, seeing how many people were present in this crowd. Some scholars believe that when it says 5,000 men down in uh, verse 10, that the number truly just means men and doesn't account for women and children. I might, myself, I'm not sure either way. But he might have debated between, well, for, for, for $1, I could get this, much, this many wheat biscuits. For a dollar, I might be able to get this many barley loaves instead. Uh, trying to figure out which is cheaper, whether this can happen or not. Whether that really might do the trick. Whatever might have been going through his mind, we can actually read his response, though. Philip answered him in verse 7. It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men uh, were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they, all ha when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they had intended to come and make him king by force, 
withdrew again to the mountain by himself. It's unfortunate that Philip wasn't able to make the leap um, from counting beans um, to what Jesus was, was about to do. Um, he was truly just counting the beans. He was, although he was present during other miracles, including turning water into wine, um, he just did, didn't quite make that final leap. That although he gave the correct answer, an earthly answer, it was not the one Jesus was going to use as an example to the multitude that day. Now, Andrew's answer wasn't much better, uh, but it allows Jesus to demonstrate his power. He simply presented another option, even though he asked, how far will this be able to go? But it was still Andrew's answer that allowed Jesus to show his signs to the multitudes that day. So let us not get uh, stuck counting beans. Let us not get stuck um, on what we think our own abilities will allow. What our own abilities will allow us to accomplish, let us not forget to have faith in Jesus and his power. The second lesson, sometimes you have to go Greek. We're going to turn over to John chapter 12 to see our next example from Philip. John chapter 12, starting in verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. So we see some uh, Greeks here uh, coming, to, coming to find Jesus, coming to see Jesus. It's not surprising that people continue to want to see him after all the signs and miracles that Jesus had performed. Jesus being surrounded by multitudes, um, his presence being requested so many numerous times. But we see that the Greeks approach Philip. Now, Philip uh, being his Greek name, um, and uh, unlike some of the other apostles, we only learn of Philip's Greek name. We don't see his Hebrew name in any of the scriptures, which might indicate that's how he was best known. So these Greeks might have specifically come to him because they felt the most comfortable uh, addressing him. Philip was even probably the correct person uh, to make this request and, and to bring them to Christ. However, we see that his actions indicate either he didn't know what the proper protocol was, he was hesitant about bringing Greeks to Jesus, or there might have been just an entirely another reason. But we see that he doesn't immediately bring them to Jesus. We see him in turn tell Andrew, and then they together address Jesus. And whatever their reason may be, what, one thing that we can take away is sometimes we all hesitate. Um, maybe we're not sure about the proper protocol, the best way to resolve a situation. Sometimes we seem to wait on someone else to help us through a situation or just to take over the situation um, for us. So if there's something uh, in your life holding you back from action, if there's some, someone in your life who's waiting to see Jesus, let us remember to have faith. Let us not hesitate to bring others to Christ. The final example that I want to look at from Philip this evening um, is to, to remember to listen to the call. And uh, this is the last place that he was mentioned, at least in the Gospels. It's in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, starting in verse 1. You see here the apostles in the upper room where Jesus is comforting them and laying out the way to the Father. And we'll begin in John 
14 and verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be uh, with me, that you also may be where I am. You know that you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been uh, doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. What did we just see Philip ask of Jesus? Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. Isn't that what Jesus had just stated? That, he, that you know the Father because of him? Philip and he follows it up by saying, you think you would have known better uh, after being with me for some time now. Philip was a man that uh, lacked faith at times, was a, sometimes a skeptic, and was unsure of himself. He wanted to have even more proof than, than Jesus directly in front of him. He was unable to grasp the big picture here. So let us take a, a chance to examine the scriptures. Let us take a chance. Let us take his words truly to our hearts. Let us get to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And through him, let us get to know our Father above even better. Let us listen for his call. Tonight, um, we started by seeing Philip and, and that's, that eager faith that he had. But we, we ask ourselves, where was that same eager faith that we saw in Philip's calling and the rest of the examples that we see of Philip? Unfortunately, we don't get to see that again from Philip in the Bible. That's not to say that that faith didn't exist. There's a lot from the apostles' lives that is not recorded. What we do see is three examples where we can learn from Philip's actions, where we can learn to be stronger Christians. The apostles were, are no different from you and I. They're tested just as the book of James tells us that we all will be. But they were taught by Jesus, and we see examples here before us of, of how they grew. So let us learn from these examples of Philip. Let us not get uh, stuck counting beans. Let us not get stuck on what we think our own abilities um, 
will be able to accomplish. Let us not forget to have faith in Jesus and his power. Let us remember that sometimes you have to go Greek. Let us have faith. Let us not hesitate to imitate Christ in our lives. Let us not hesitate to bring others to Christ. And finally, let us remember to listen to the call. Let us examine the scriptures daily. Let us further get to know our Lord and Savior. Let us get to know our Father above. Let us listen for his call. Jesus has called each one of us uh, tonight and, and, and every day. How are you going to respond? The invitation is yours as we sing the song.